Welcome back to another episode of Sincerely Fresno State. Uh, my name is Ken. And I'm Kelsey. And we're coming to you again from the Fresno State campus. Today is September 11th. It is. You remember where you were uh, in 2001? Yes, actually. I was in sixth grade, so I'm sure many of you can do the math there. Uh, 19 years ago now, I was getting ready for school, and I remember my parents at the time, they had a TV in their room, and my mom was watching the news, the Today Show, actually, and they were talking about how the first tower had already been hit, and during the broadcast um, at the time that I was watching it, the second plane had hit because it was 9, 9 a.m. their time, but it was 6 or 7 for us. So during that time, I saw the second second plane hit, and I was just kind of in shock. Didn't really know what to make of it. Didn't know what was happening. There wasn't a lot of detail, but just watching it on television was something that I will never forget. What how, about you? How old are you when you're in sixth grade? How, how old is it? Like 11 12? or 12? Oh, okay, mm-hmm. okay. I was living in the Bay Area at the time. Okay. And I remember I got up and, you know, I'm sort of not a morning person. Uh, so I got up relatively late. I don't know, maybe 8 o'clock, something like that. Okay. Um, I didn't watch the news before I left, so I had no idea of what was going on. And there weren't as well, many smartphones. Yes, and no, no. There were no yeah. smartphones. I mean, there was only flip phones and that type of thing. And I remember... That I was driving up to Sacramento at the time, which is about an hour drive, because I was taking one class at Sac State at the time. Okay. Uh, it's, it's the last class I needed to sort of get back into school, because I had sort of taken some time off from college. Okay. Been in the real world, decided I need to finish college, and I remember I was taking a photography class mm-hmm. at Sacramento State, and I was driving up there for this one class. I got to class, and it was a really somber mood, and I didn't know why at the time. Mm. You know what I mean? Yes, I, I should have I should have been old, you know, I should have been a, more aware, but got up late, got on the road, you know, I don't listen to news radio or anything like okay. that. Okay, okay. You know, so I get there, it was somber mood, we sit there, and then the professor comes in and says something about, you know, I know it's a really crazy time right now with a lot of going on, um, we're going to go ahead and cancel class today, and I, you know, and I'd driven an hour to get up there, so I just remember really being disappointed and not understanding. Sure, yeah. So I get in the car and I turn on the radio to see what's going on and then I start to hear that day. Yeah. You know, kind of for all of us. Yeah, this is something that they are going to read. This is a history book thing for them. Right, right. Yeah, it's pretty. And I think even more so, September 11th this year feels maybe a little bit more upfront because of how crazy 2020 has been so far. Yes, yes. Right? September 11th was like one of those seminal moments in a lot of people's lives. But now, this year, it's probably this generation, this, this, this COVID-19. Absolutely. I mean, not, not, to like, not so much of a comparison, but it's sort of like their September 11th. It's like this mm. really extended time of, of great change. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? I feel like September 11, 2001, a lot of innocence was lost on that day. Yes. You know, a lot of people were, had yeah. to grow up really quickly to deal with some type yes. of you know, big issue. And now this sort of COVID-19 epidemic is maybe something that they're going to look back the same way we look back at September 11th. Well, and it's certainly changed the way that we travel before you could go up in the airports and see your loved ones when they're coming right off the plane. And Mm -hmm. I don't know how many folks remember a time like that, but now, you know, there's all the security checkpoints and taking off your shoes and it's not as easily accessible for people to say, you know, hello and goodbye to their loved ones, but it obviously certainly changed the landscape of kind of 
how we travel. And this is probably going to change it again. Mm-hmm. This is probably the mm-hmm. next huge change. Yeah. It was all the security then, mm-hmm. like physical security from violence. And right. now it's going to be this increased security for health reasons. Sure. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I wonder how it is going to be when we sort of come out on the other side of this. Ken and I have not, we haven't traveled for work or I've traveled a little bit personally and just be via car, but not by plane. I, I can't even, t- I don't know the next time I'll go on a plane. Yeah. And like you mentioned, I don't know what it's going to be like. Yeah, I'm, I'm reluctant to go on a plane too. I just feel like they're incubators for germs <clears throat> already. Mm-hmm. And now they're sort of the super germs. So yeah, yeah, we've done a little bit of traveling, but it's all it's all been through a car. Mm-hmm. You know, trying to maintain distancing and doing outdoor stuff so you're not near other people. But yeah, I mean, and now with all the fires and smoke, yes, travel is even more impacted. Like the air is just horrendous. It's it's been pretty bad here, and then my family in Sacramento has mentioned that the air has been has been. A bad there as well and now I'm hearing from my extended family in Oregon and Washington that there's there it's all hazardous air quality and just because of all the fires that we're experiencing yeah it's it's there's a lot going on right now with all the fires all I mean now the masks are sort of helpful yes it was helping keeping you healthy and now it's helping you breathe no absolutely yeah and I was telling you earlier my eyes like all the ash and I <laughs> I feel like everything is, like, impacting me. Yeah. I mean, there's so much going on. And I'm thankful that our university actually sent out communication this week. So we received news that about 25 Fresno State colleagues and about 80 Fresno State students have been affected by the fire so far. And as a result of that, we've always had the Good Samaritan Fund, but folks are able to donate to that Good Samaritan Fund for students to be able to dip into if they are in need of it and aren't they uh, housing people aren't we housing some people here we are actually so our dorms is was open prior to this on a limited basis for students to stay during the course of the semester but now we've since opened it up to those who have evacuated so and they're able to stay in our dorms and have a place to stay until otherwise yeah. otherwise noted. So. Correct me if I'm wrong. Are they allowing like pets and that kind of thing too? I have heard that they are allowing pets. I I, I haven't heard. Yeah, I've also heard unconfirmed that like the uh, <clears throat> fairgrounds are like open to house people's like livestock and animals. Yes, yes, I've heard of that as well. I haven't been um, in that area of town recently, but. I've heard that there's the ability to do that as well. Yeah. Uh, Fresno Unified has done the same thing. I know that my daughters and my son's school have been, like, areas where we can drop off supplies Mm -hmm. for, like, all of the first responders and the firemen and everyone who's really doing their part to sort of help with, like, I know we dropped off some cases of water and Gatorade and that type of power bars to sort of help. But Yeah. Yeah. uh, One of uh, my student coordinators, my past student coordinators, her husband is Cal Fire. And so... You know, she's sort of been giving updates about what's going on and how the firefighters are doing and posted pictures of how, like, you know, after their however many hour shifts, they're just all sort of sleeping on the sidewalk on the side of their fire trucks trying to get a little bit of rest. Sure. Before, like the heroes they are, go back out there and sort of fight the good fight. So, yeah, our, you know, our our thoughts and our, you know, everything is with with all of the, the firefighters and first responders helping out. Yeah, it's a crazy, I mean, there's a lot of crazy stuff going on. Uh, but you could see that, particularly with with all of those who are helping, you know, the the sort of spirit of support that everyone has. Yes. And, I mean, it's it's really impressive to see. I'm, you know, I, we're we're trying to do our small part to support them as well. 
But and then in, talking about crazy stuff or maybe unexpected, well, maybe expected that we're going online. We are going online for spring 2021 20, semester. Yeah. And I think I don't know about you, but I I felt that it was coming maybe because of kind of what we've seen on campus thus far and a lot of what people don't see were we plan so far in advance for even the things that we do. So we're already talking about spring orientation, the dog days for that. So we have to plan as far in advance as possible. So I think we were kind of expecting it, but for me, the finality of seeing it in an email, it's just, yeah, it was, it was hard. You know, I, of course I miss my colleagues. I miss the students being on campus. And so, um, just continuing to adjust to working from home at least until May of 2021. Yeah. Yeah, we, we were all expecting it. I think particularly in higher education and with our president and his cabinet, leadership cabinet, you know, everyone's, you know, it's all about science. We're all really concerned about health of our students and the staff and the faculty. So we expected it to go online. Yes. And with how far in advance we have to plan, we've been planning for online. Um, and... Thankfully, we're still admitting for the spring. Yes. All, all of those transfer students who want to come in, those welcome home students. But I think it's for the best. And I think, I feel like because the campus has been, from my perspective, pretty successful in all of the testing, trying to get everyone yes. on campus. I mean, I think last time I read, we only had 19 cases. Yes. Since March. Yes. Compared to some other universities. So I feel like it, we're going to turn around and hopefully maybe at least for us, that we'll have dog days in a little bit in person or something in the summer. I definitely miss we'll that see. for yeah. sure. Yeah. And thinking about, you know, the graduations and stuff, some way to celebrate the 2020 grads. Yes. They der- they certainly deserve that as much as as much as anyone. The 2020 grads and then, you know, come 2021, all of, all of those grads as well. I know everybody's been working hard, so we want an opportunity to celebrate you all. Yeah, I mean, you work so hard to get your degree, to get your major, your, you know, whatever it is. We want to make sure that we can party with you. Well, <laughs> party for me means nap, but uh, <laughs> that we could still, you know, do everything we can to celebrate you. I know, especially the orient- our, our orientation leaders, our students. Yes. All of those that graduated, and then, you know, now some of them are in grad school. We didn't really get that opportunity to to do that sort of celebratory thing. So hopefully we can do all that pretty soon. Hopefully uh, all of our... Uh, Efforts and everyone doing their part to research and trying to find a vaccine will be fruitful sooner than later. So, I mean, we were talking about graduation. It's not the most elegant transition, but uh, next week, September 16th, is census on campus. It is. Yes. What does census mean? I mean, for the most part. Good question. (laughs) Yeah, for the most part, it means like the, the, the fall students are finalized on census. If you're in classes, you're in classes. If you're not, you're not. Um, and they start to sort of plan in that way for all of the students who are currently enrolled. But the bigger thing, particularly for students, is that on September 16th is when you can start submitting to change your major. Yes. Or at a minor or whatever it might be. So I know, of, at least through orientation, we get a lot of those questions. We had a lot of questions this summer about change of major. So September 16th. Wednesday uh, is the day that you want to look for to go ahead and do that. I myself changed my major twice That's while it? I was on <laughs> campus. That's <Yes>. it. <laughs> mentally, so, maybe more. Mentally, maybe more. 
Um, I started out as a pre-physical therapy major and was taking classes towards that and thought, I don't know if this is really what I want to do. And then I figured, okay, I'll just go a generic route. I didn't really have any rhyme or reason or method to my next step. I thought, okay, maybe, I don't know, everybody gets a business degree. I'll get a business degree. Yeah. So then I switched to business thinking, okay, like, I, I can find an option in business because we have so many. We have sports marketing. There's like eight of them, I think. Yeah, there's so many now. Yeah. So wasn't happy in that. <laughs> <laughs> thought, it, you know, it was the statistics, right? <laughs> You're like, math. It was a little too, if I'm being honest, it felt too rigid for me. Mm. It felt very, not enough people interaction. Mm. So then I ended up, I don't even know how I ended up in uh, media communication and journalism. I think it was a couple elective courses that I got and talking about film and producing video and things like that. I always found it interesting. So I ended up in MCJ and I love writing, so... That was a good. You are good at it. It was a good segue for me, and that's what I ended up graduating with. But I'm thankful for the path. I think just because I'm glad that I ended up doing something that I really, I really enjoyed my classes when I was here. Yeah, I. I you talked about writing. If for those of you that don't know, all the little blurbs for the podcast, Kelsey writes <laughs> all of those. So it's all her. She has a knack for expressing her feelings and expressing herself through through words and writing. But I, I think you talked, so you went through three majors, right? Yes. Physical therapy at the time, which is no longer major. Right, right. And business. Yeah. And then MCJ. And then MCJ. I think, I don't even know how many I went through. I started school when I was a freshman at San Jose State. Okay. And I was admitted computer science. Really? Yes. I didn't know anything about computer science. Was it just kind of, I was this like, sounds good? I was like, so. ooh, computers. <laughs> <laughs> You know, the internet had just been invented two years before that, I think. As we struggled to figure out you how know, to get this I, I style, you know, through AOL and yeah. all that. Like, and I was like, ooh, computer science. I'd like to work with computers. Yeah, yeah. I had no idea really what I was doing. And I don't, and I don't, it was so long ago that I graduated, <clears throat> that I started college. But I went through, I was art at one point. I was uh, drama for okay. a little while. I could see that. I was um, industrial design. Okay. Uh, what else was there? I explored um, marketing. There was a couple. And I just, I don't know. I was expected to go to college, so I went to college. Yes. But I didn't really have, have a purpose. I didn't yep. really have a, you know, a mm-hmm. thing. And so then um, eventually I s- sort of dropped out of school, decided maybe college wasn't for me. Okay. Entered into the real world, and then I talked about how I was taking a class at Sacramento State. Mm-hmm. That was there was a gap there of maybe two or three years. Yeah. When I was you know trying to find myself, and then I was mm-hmm. like, finally convinced myself I needed to go back to college. Okay. And when I went back to Sacramento, I knew, I guess, through life experience, mm-hmm. maybe that's why people take a gap year sometimes. Could be, yeah. Uh, I discovered I liked graphic design. Okay. You know, and maybe that was a little bit of the industrial design when I was at San Jose State. But, yeah. You know. Went back to the community college, got my grades up because since I was lost, well, you know, I was, I'm, I feel like, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. Okay. I feel like I'm naturally smart, but also naturally a little bit lazy. 100%. Oh, thank you for that, for that uh, affirmation, I think. Thank you, maybe. Um, so, you Not know. Not concentrated I, effort sometimes. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I just need a little, a little push sometimes, you know, but, uh. Yeah, so when I was not motivated in school, and, you know, I sort of had in my mind I was going to drop out, 
Okay. So I had to go to community college, get my grades back up, got into Sac sure. State, did graphic design, and did not do graphic design. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I don't know. It was, I started working in orientation as a student in Sacramento mm-hmm. State and loved yeah. it. Yeah. Loved everything about it. Mm-hmm. Right? The interaction with people. I was like, you know, I could work at a university. Yeah. Uh, actually, I did graphic design for about six months. Really? But it was for the orientation program there. Okay. And I was helping okay. sort of in-house. And then I moved to Fresno State and been orientation ever since. I mean, higher ed. Well, and that's not to say I think, I think we should point this out, too, that we both still use our degrees, even though we're working in orientation. Ken creates our new student handbook every year, which he uses his graphic design background for. It's all created in-house. So, And with this podcast and other videos that we have produced, um, I have leaned on my major in that aspect as well with the writing. So that's not to say that we don't use our major. It's just using a different format. And I would say orientation for sure is is a mix of art and science. Ooh, you should should put that on a pillow. (laughs) Orientation, art and science. That's that's the name of the podcast, art and science. There you (laughs) go. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think one of the things that we're always trying to convince, or not convince, but we're trying to inform students about during orientation is, your major is not necessarily directly related to your career. Yes. Yes. Right? That you need, you need to major in something that you're passionate about so that you'll mm-hmm. be success, successful, right, in school. Yes. That you'll be successful in school and it's not something that you're going to struggle with because you were sort of pigeonholed into something. I know that my parents were both, you're going to be a doctor or a lawyer. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like mm-hmm. every, like, Filipino mom and dad, it's like, <laughs> you're going to be a doctor or a lawyer. That's yeah. it. Yeah. They, talk, they talk to my children, my parents. So are you going to be a doctor or a, or a lawyer? lawyer. And I'm yeah. like, oh my god, <laughs> neither. Isn't there? What's choice C? What's the other choice? Anything else? So I think that we always are trying to tell students, you know, because they come in and some students don't want to be undeclared. You know, they they right. think there's some type right. of stigma about being undeclared, or it's mm-hmm. maybe the best thing you could do. No, I agree. I think. Even in looking back, I probably could have spent my first two years being undeclared until I found kind of where I wanted to be. I I think that's the great part about being undeclared is that you, you're you not pushed into one particular area or another. You really get to explore with the general education courses that you take, and then you can pick a couple different major courses here and there and kind of sprinkle them in to figure out where you want to go. Yeah. I think I think that's the good thing you said, like you said about undeclared, is that it gives you the sort of, not excuse, but it gives you the mm. opportunity mm-hmm. to explore. Yeah. Right? Yeah. In the context of GE. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're declared as something else, that exploration time is sort of cut short. Right. Because part of it, right. you are maybe artificially in business or mm-hmm. physical therapy mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. art or computer science. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Not doing that exploration. Mm-hmm. So I think... Whether or not you decided to come in as undeclared or you felt pressure to be something else, um, there's a lot of resources on campus. Yes, next week you can start to change your major. But, like, the University Advising Center mm-hmm. specializes in undeclared, sort of helping yes. students find their way. A great resource. Or even if you feel like Ken or I probably felt being misdeclared, yes. being in a wrong major. Yeah, we or, use that word a lot, misdeclared. Yeah, just mm-hmm. feeling like, you know what, this isn't quite right. And only you will know that that answer you'll you'll be able to do some soul searching and be in the classes and it could be really just because you don't like math or maybe you don't like art or whatever the case may be but you'll know probably better than anybody else will that you're maybe in in the wrong spot yeah i think that's why we really try to i mean yes ge is required but there's so much opportunity to explore Mm -hmm. in there 
right? And maybe it's not a major. Maybe you're very, you, you're, you know, you really know what you want to major in. You have a career path. It's typically like that for students who want to be teachers or engineers. Like, you know, maybe it runs in the family. You know, you want to do that. But GE is also a really great way to explore for a, a minor. Yes, or yes. a certificate. Did you have any minors? I did not have any minors, so this is my PSA to all the students that are listening to this podcast. Please add a minor. That was <laughs> yeah. something that I, I did not do that I wish I would have, and definitely it would have been a language minor because we talk about all the time, I wish I knew how to speak Spanish. Both and of it's us. So, Both of us. Yeah, it's so, <laughs> it would be so helpful, I think, not only in our jobs, but just as state. a skill in our state. <laughs> We're a Hispanic-serving institution, so... <clears throat> that's something that I definitely wish I would have done. Yeah, I, I was working towards a drama minor when I was in school uh, because I remember I took a GE drama class and she was like, you know, you're really good at this. And I was like, really? <laughs> you know, make my head a little <laughs> bit bigger. Yeah, I'm good at monologues and that type of thing. Uh, so I remember I started working towards it, but I never finished it. But I agree that a minor is probably something most people should do mm-hmm. because if you work, if you know your minor, and usually it's... It, Minor is like a passion thing, right? Oh, I love yes. music. I'm going to be yes. a music minor. Oh, mm-hmm. I love languages. I'm going to be, you know, a, mm-hmm. a German minor or whatever. But it's one of those things where if you do it right, your GE classes can really overlap with your minor. Yes. You yes. know, you could get one, two, three GE classes to go towards your minor. And mm-hmm. your minor is maybe eight or nine classes. So you're a third of the way there. Yep. Why not take that little bit of an extra step, add to your resume, add to your experience. Yes. Yeah, and I think the same thing goes for certificates. We that never... I did do. Oh, what, what was your certificate? <laughs> I got two certificates. Oh, uh, one of them was the <laughs> cross cultural competency certificate, and the other was the co curricular leadership certificate. So I don't know if they still offer both of those now. I think they do for the cross cultural competency, and it's even af- offered for faculty and staff at Fresno State. Uh, but it was it was good to have classes in uh, the humanities, a little bit of arts, a little bit of lifelong understanding, just little bits and pieces to build to those certificates. And as Ken mentioned, it wasn't as much units as a minor, but still got me to get something else in addition to my major courses. Yeah. I mean, why not leave here with uh, two majors, two minors? How many certificates? You know, you're paying. It's all for, at least for California residents. It's the yes. same price. Mm-hmm. But with minors, there's a lot of real special special things that you can't get a major or minor uh, in. If I mean, sorry, with certificates, <laughs> there's a lot of certificates yes. that are available that are not either majors or minors. I know there's a new literatures of diversity. Okay. Certificate, I believe, that you can get. There's, like, peace and conflict studies. Oh, yes. I've, yep. Yeah, none of those are majors or minors. So nope. there's a lot more that you can do um, with certificates that really add to your degree and add to your experience. I think I, I, I always wished I would have gotten a minor. Mm-hmm. I always wished I would have studied abroad. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that, I, that we try sort of unofficially to encourage students to do during <laughs> dog days. Yes. Because on the back end, we know how valuable they can be. Yes. And it's not it's not really a lot of more work if you really plan it correctly. Well, and I think it just it reiterates your point of seeing an advisor and yes. going to advising as often as you can. And I would venture to say that our advisors kind of thrive off of seeing the maximum amount of opportunities that you can have as a student. If you tell them, you know, I want a double major, I want an add a minor and a certificate, they will find a way to figure out how to do it. 
and you can work alongside them to figure out when you want your classes to be. But those are the folks to go to if you're really thinking, I, I want to maximize my experience here. How can I do it? Yeah. And they're and, here to help. And the advisors really care. Yes. And unlike when you were doing your undergrad, yes, we have like quadruple the number of advisors yes. now. Where before yep. it was like the University Advising Center and like Liberal Studies had their, their mm-hmm. small advising center. Mm-hmm. Health and Human had theirs. I think psychology had theirs. Yes. Now every college has one. Mm-hmm. And so there's so many more advisors to help. So I think it's a perfect time to do it, to explore it. And starting September 16th, you can submit that paperwork to do it. Yep. Right? So I, I, I think it's a great thing to do. And in addition to the advisors, there's also the Career Development Center. Yes. And I think they do a lot to help students find the major or find the career depending on what they want to do. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, they do, what is the the thing they do every day? The career... The career cafe they career have cafe. every every day. I think it's for an hour in the morning, I want to say. Don't quote me. Maybe we can put it in the show notes. But that's an opportunity for you to connect with an advisor in the Career Development Center. And they can, they can look at your resume. The great thing about them, too, is they can tell you what currently is going on in the field. I know there sometimes can be a lot of misconceptions about what jobs are open, what aren't, what... Um, rate that folks are hiring, but they are, they are truly the experts. And I know sometimes it can be a little bit scary, a little bit of dose of reality to go in there and talk to them to see kind of what the field looks like. But they're going to be your best f- best person to go to. Yeah, I think I think what students sometimes are fearful about, and I think I think that so many students go to the learning center because like, yeah, I need tutoring. Right. But we don't. I feel like not as many students go to the career development center because of that that sort of fear or worry. Mm-hmm. But from my perspective, it's like the sooner you get that dose of reality, yes. the sooner you can plan and maybe pivot or go on a tangent or do something to sort of get back into a, a position to get a career. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because it's not major doesn't always equal career. Right. Uh, and sometimes they can help you plan like from the other direction. Like, oh, I really want to work in, you know, X, Y, and Z field. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, how do I get there? Right. Do I need to go to yes. grad school? Are there classes I can take to help prepare me? So the Career Development Center does that. It does a great job of doing that. And they're still doing a lot of virtual events. Yes. I mean, not only, they don't only just do career fairs or resume checks, but mm-hmm. they do a lot of other things. Uh, the Money Management Center's out of there. But I believe if you have, follow them on, I think, Instagram, it's Hire Fresno State on mm-hmm. Instagram. That they're they're doing like programming for all different colleges here on campus, so that you can find something and learn a little bit more, while you can still make a change and maybe, you know, find that career that you're really hoping to do. Maybe you don't know what major will get you to what career, and you plan it that way. Maybe you love your major and you're like, well, mm-hmm. what can I do with my major? I want to be a, I'm a psychology major, but I don't want to be a, I don't know, a psychologist. Right, right. <laughs> you know what? What else can I do? Um, and they're really good with data. I know that they've presented to us sometimes. Yes, yes. even as staff members. Yes. We always learn. It's we so always, surprising. We always take away, I think, a piece of information from the presentations that they they come up with and the data that they collect. Yeah. It's just it's just fascinating. Yeah, talk about being data-driven, man. Sometimes yes. some of that stuff that they show, I'm like, why do we even have this major still? Or right, why, right. Why haven't they invented, I don't know. Mm-hmm. biomedical computer <laughs> arm engineering like well you know it's what I mean? true it, yeah. and and they're trying to help our current students kind of figure out maybe career fields that don't even exist yet maybe yes. they're doing things that just oh they talk about aren't that all quite the time. there you know yeah. and what was she what was the term that uh, the director hmm. always says something like you know a certain percentage of, of students when they graduate 
are in industries that aren't even created yet. Oh, yeah. Like technology mm-hmm. is advancing so quickly. Yes. Yeah. There's all this, when they graduate, there's all these mm-hmm. things that are going to be in fields, but there's nobody, there was no major for that. Yeah. So, you know, she talks about like, oh, you need to go get this kind of coding, you know, oh, yes. knowledge yes. or go yes. to Bitwise and do mm-hmm. something or, mm-hmm. yeah, she talks about that all the time. Coding is, coding was a big one. I, mem- I remember from her presentation that she had mentioned. And I think similar to academic advising, I would love to see students go just as often to career advising because I think students get to their senior year and then realize, oh, shoot, I should probably go to the Career Development Center when it's one of those things that, you know what, start early and start often because it starts you to get comfortable with going and starting to build that conversation for internships and other opportunities in the future. Especially internships. Yes. I think if if you know your major... Or if you're lean, or if you're leaning towards a direction, like, you know what? I'm not sure what major I want to be, but I know I want to do STEM. Yes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or I know I want to do humanities. It pays to go over there because they can really give you some good information to help guide you in your decision. Mm-hmm. Right? If you're not having trouble between choosing, and surprise, this is one not surprising, uh, media communication and journalism. And then students who are just communication majors. Yes. I don't know how many times during dog days <laughs> we had to explain that. And then it still gets to the department level and they're still confused. And yes. they're like, haven't yes. you told people what the difference is? Like, yes, <laughs> we sent out the flyer. We said, you know. Yes, yes. So I think not only hearing it from your academic advisors, but from the career counselors, I think can really help inform your decision. So, yeah, I mean, next week's when you can start. September 16th is when you can start and when yes. they'll... The registrar's office, I think the form is on their website, on the registrar's office. Yep. That's when you can start turning them in, and then they'll start processing them. But it doesn't mean that's the end-all, be-all. You know, but it's a really great time, since we're all online, Yes. to meet with all the counselors, right? Mm-hmm. To explore the different majors, right? If, are you thinking about a math major? Are you thinking about a physics major? Why not meet with someone virtually? Yes. Right, and find out early. Students are going to be registering for classes, what, first in early November... That'll come quicker than it's we gonna all expect. It's going to come quick. Yes. I mean, September came out of nowhere. That's true. And now it's that September 11th. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so do it now. If you can meet with someone mm-hmm. during the month of September, you'll yes. probably be able to meet with someone. Yes. Yeah. Right? Once October hits, mm-hmm. because at least current students know, oh, I'm going to be registering around the corner. Yeah. All those appointments go away really quickly. Yes. Right, and you're uh, on the waiting in the waiting room for an mm-hmm. hour trying to meet with someone to ask about, you know, yes. two things. I don't normally like to give homework, but I would say <laughs> that's one piece of advice that I would give you is try to get an appointment within the next couple of weeks with your academic advisor and then maybe consider visiting their career development center if you can, just to get just to get their perspective. And they would be willing to share, I'm sure, a lot of information and probably more information that you may be ready for, but <laughs> they've got a lot of information readily available to them. Yeah, and they're, like I said, they're doing all, all, the, all the departments. Mm-hmm. The advising centers, career development center, they're all doing all these Zoom virtual things to engage students. Yes. If you're not sure what to ask, you know, we see a lot of students who you're just not sure yet. You can just log on to their their workshop and be the little black box on Zoom with just your name. Yes. You don't have to talk. You (laughs) don't have to be seen. That's true. But you can still listen. Yes. And get all that information. Yep. So, I don't know. Hopefully, you, you were able to glean something from our ramblings, (laughs) (laughs) particularly about majors. More uh, of what to not do, per se, yeah. than what you don't need to, to do. You don't need to go through three majors like Kelsey or 18 <laughs> like me in order to find your, you know, your passion. But I, both of us 
you know, yes, school was extremely valuable, but both of yes. us sort of found our passion just mm-hmm. by being here and being involved. Yes, absolutely. Right? You never know where you're going to find your passion. That's true. Right? That's true. You never know. Yeah. All right. So I'm glad you were able to join us. Catch us next week where Kelsey's going to be doing it solo. Yes. Oh, yeah. Dun, dun, dun. I'm sure it's going to be better. Topic suggestions. Yeah, you're not going to have my weird my weird voices. Oh. <laughs> I'm kicking him out. Yeah. <laughs> While I travel, you can do it. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for joining us uh, for another episode of Sincerely Fresno State. We will see you soon. Go dogs. Go dogs. <laughs> <laughs>